Welcome inside the coaches room, the number one podcast for football coaches that want to develop. Every week we talk to elite coaches and backroom staff to hear about their experiences, how they develop and how they develop their players. Kids are overcoached and undertaught and it's a big difference. That stuck with me. It's like coaching to me is defined more as like during the game, you know, becoming that coach on the sideline and they too often take the role of what they see on TV of seeing the guy in the sideline waving his hands and moving stuff when you see it at a high level game. We don't have enough coaches teaching the game, the details of not pass it there, but why are you passing it there? This episode was produced together with the PSV Coaching Academy. We talked to Claudio Reina. And Claudio is one of the legends of the football in the United States, or soccer, I should say. He played for Rangers City, he played in the Bundesliga, and he played 112 caps for the United States men's team. We had a very interesting talk about his role as sporting director at Austin FC, one of the new MLS franchises. Enjoyed this episode with the wise and legendary Claudio Reiner. Before we started recording, you were saying like um, there was no pathway for a professional, well, to become a professional player. But apparently when you were already playing with your friends and locally, you kind of knew where you wanted to go without knowing the route. I can, that's kind of what I'm hearing as well. Yeah. And maybe a father helps that that's so crazy about yeah. football, but still, uh, that's interesting. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, it was a dream to be a professional. I truly mean that I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but, uh, we had the old NASL before the MLS, but that folded. So I got to see the cosmos, which is like a legendary team that, you know, Dutch players play like Vim Reisberg and yeah, yeah. Johan Nieskins. But then soccer was really, a sport that wasn't it's on TV. It didn't exist. Girl sport, maybe. Yeah. More on that side, but that was even after as well that okay. it started to pick up on, on the, on the women's side. But, um, yeah, I had, to, I had to go abroad if I was going to play. And, yeah. and, um, I think it was a bit of fortune as well. Everything. When I look back, I was lucky enough to play in the youth national teams. That was the, for me, you know, I give a lot of, a lot of credit to the federation because they provided opportunities for the best players to go play in Europe and in South America. And we had to do qualifying and I was able to get that first experience and saying, I want to do this. You know, I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but I want to do this for a, a living. And I was able to do it. And, you know, um, that's like around 15 to, to 18 that you got into the, the national teams. And that's yeah. when you learn to, well, that's when you experience football outside yeah. of outside of the United States. That's right. I played on the under, at the time it was even the under 16s. Then okay. FIFA made it under seven to yeah. 17 category. I played in the world cup in 89 in Scotland. Um, got to see that we played teams, you know, like Portugal and, you know, um, uh, Brazil, we beat Brazil one zero and it was just amazing experience to be in stadiums or in a country where football was everything, whether we went to Italy, South America, even the Caribbean, these countries love soccer. All so, countries that really think they own football and then the American kids coming <laughs> and they will show them probably. Yes, yes, we were always confident. That's one thing we have. So we never lose that. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. And now, well, you went through your whole journey in Europe and played for several teams. Um, uh, Dick, Dick Advocat, 
What's your first first Dutch influence? And now, well, let's we'll go very fast, but we'll go back through to yep. all, to all your steps. And now you are the sporting director of Austin FC. Uh, right. I was in I was in Atlanta United, I think, 2019, and you just got the license, I think. Of the That's club. right. Yeah. Yep. And the um, a new club. Uh, you've been in a sporting director before role before at New York City, um, and now you are the one. Dick Advocat was influencing you, and now you're well, yeah. you're you're on top of the mountain. I'm not I'm saying that's your leadership style, but people look at you, and you can influence your own setting, your own context. Yeah, how is it going so far? It's going great. It's a amazing job. I always actually thought I was going to get into coaching, and I had opportunities as soon as I I retired in MLS. There was teams that reached out yeah. to me, and so, without any experience, I said, "Okay, we want you." Yeah, yeah, sure. This was actually quite common at the okay. time because if they were going to stay domestic, you know, there was players that had experience and some players, you know, maybe assistant, but in some cases I was even, uh, somebody was talking to me about, do you want to coach team yeah. and be like a sort of manager and we can put it from the other team. side. You had more than 110 caps. So I can't imagine somebody wants you in yeah. the organization <laughs> once you stop. So, okay, yeah, please was, come. You probably know how it works. So that's, yeah, that's probably I experience. <laughs> I had experience. Um, but I, I, I was one where I wanted to take a step back. And what I did in that year is I traveled around to okay. academies. I visited uh, many different academies in Italy. I went to Ajax, went to Inter Milan. I went to uh, Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. I went to Manchester City. I went to different places. And I just wanted to see the different places because when you play you're just focused on where you're at in your career and it's it's you know while you have amazing experiences you don't get to see the bigger picture and I wanted to understand the bigger picture and I also wanted to know what I definitely wanted to do like what do I want to do I wasn't sure yet if I wanted to coach if I wanted to be a sporting director and my 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 love at the time was what my passion was with like youth development because the U.S. was really behind in terms of structure, organization. The MLS was still kind of coming together, and we still are, but we've made incredible steps from yeah. 10 years ago. I retired in, uh, 15 years ago, but like from there to now, it's it's unbelievable. So I, um, I worked for U.S. Soccer as a youth technical director, organizing there, trying to get people to think alike, you know, um, same f- systems. How do we scout players? These are all the things I picked up. You know, how do we work together? Um, how do we teach the game? How do we talk the game? Because in the U.S., so there's so many people that love soccer, yeah. so many passionate coaches, but we have everything. Holland has everything we don't, and which is a, a a country where there's a common way of seeing the game. There's of course different ideas, sure. but there's a system mentality similar. We have the United States where we have people that influence our sport that came from Germany, from England, from South America. And within our own country, we have all these different ways of playing it. So to kind of really, you know, get everybody aligned is, is a challenge. And so now I take those experiences onto New York city FC and now to Austin. And the difference is, is, is in my role as sporting director is, bringing people together to work together, um, you know, like-minded, being able to share opinions and ideas and, and manage the emotions of football as yeah. well from the high level, from week to week. Um, make sure today is organized and we have a plan, but at the same time you have to think mid and long-term about everything as a sporting sure. director. And one of the main things of course is like how we play, how do we, our identity when someone sees our teams play, you know, what are we, you know, and 
So it's 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 a balance because when you're building a team first from from nothing, it's a literally we started the whole club. We have uh, you know a beautiful stadium, world class facilities, yeah. and a city that loves soccer, but nothing before that, right? So this is literally starting from scratch, and it has it has its amazing opportunities because you have a blank canvas to do it how you want, but at the same time you have to put players together. You got to bring players from different countries. You have a coach, Josh Wolf, who worked with Greg Berhalter, yeah. the current national team coach. So the way he plays was something that fit in terms of Austin FC, offensive-minded, possession-based, brave, courageous, uh, with energy, fast ball circulation, collective, 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 build around everybody, score from different areas. This is so, just sum up. You just summarized the identity, I think, in five sentences. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, with the ball open up, you know, spaces, but really very much that's it. If we're going to say, in a, if we're going to explain it to you in a minute, that's what we wanted to yeah, focus sure. for. And then you kind of piecing players that fit into that system. Um, then there's the training every day, the training every day. Of course, you got to get to work on it on the first team. And last year we had four or five injuries. We struggled this year. Now we're in second place in the Western Conference doing really, yeah. really well yeah. in our second year. Incredible support. The city is... I. I've told everybody, because I know most people I ask, if I asked you as well, have you ever been to Austin? I'm sure the answer is no. no. Most people, even <laughs> in the United States, they like, haven't been. no, maybe okay. one time, yeah, because yeah. it's sort of this out of the way, but really, really uh, exciting new uh, city that's fast and booming. Tesla just moved there. Elon Musk lives yeah. there. Um, so it's on I know the Joe map. Rogan just learned. Just Joe Rogan, living, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his podcast. Yeah, I was me too. <laughs> awesome. I was actually listening to one on the way here today. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> He's the man. So he lives there. He moved there. And uh, and now all of a sudden, a professional team, the first ever professional team is in Austin. The city is incredibly supportive, passionate. We sell it every game. So, you know, there's the off the field. We, you know, we wanted to bring people. Um, we want to make it exciting and entertaining to come watch our, our team. So we have the second most goals in the league. Nice. Just one behind LAFC. Yeah. Offensive, courageous, and you know, always these things is it's easier to talk, you know, it's easier for us to sit here and talk than actually every day in a meeting room and a coaching, getting players to believe it. It doesn't work. You don't change, right? This is what happens so much is you see coaches say what I said before, right? We're going to be offensive. We're going to sure. play quick, but then actually doing it is, is, is yeah. what's really When there's tough. some more pressure or when it's not, re when there's no results, okay, how do you stick with your own philosophy or are you going to go back to your, maybe your, your inner, inner motivation of winning or whatever. It's very right. interesting. So you, but, yeah, that's but, right. But also what I hear in your story, okay, so you came, well, you were installed as a sporting director 2019. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but the, literally there was only a license, a piece of paper that you can do it. Right. So probably they were building already a stadium, something like that. But how do you, in that process over the years, because you are not born in Austin, So you kind of have to get to know the people around you and you have this idea about how the club could play and what is the culture, but it has to connect with the people on the stands. They sure. also have a culture and yeah. maybe my uh, assumption is that people work hard in the area. They, they're humble. They're, they're hum yeah. yeah. So they don't, they're not maybe the, the, the East or the West coast type of people. Right. They're a little bit more quiet and, yeah. but they want to see players and people that work their fucking ass off for it's example texas. yeah texas. texas very much hardworking, uh proud texans are really proud and so they want players that work and fight um it's a big 
Mexican American Latino sure. community. So we have uh, uh, players from South America and um, from these roots as well. So it's important they could connect with them. It's a big Spanish speaking, um, passionate, progressive, very very progressive. It's in what of, way? Well, they call it like the uh, the blueberry and the tomato soup. So okay. it's it is University of Texas there. So it's sure. it's the liberal county so they're open-minded as well very open-minded very very open-minded so um they're also very knowledgeable in soccer that's what i noticed right away and and it's something that's changed so much but they watch the games they pay attention they know what's happening they know when there's a good ball they appreciate good soccer so that's something that for us was really important while they want to win because everybody wants to win even fans will take winning ugly as well uh, and i'll take it sometimes but you know they they absolutely um is a fan base that understands the sport, which is really great. And it's yeah. nice to have that. So, you know, we're, we're still a country that has a, a short history and as a professional league and as a sport, when you compare it to Europe, but um, we're certainly moving in an incredible way. And Austin is, it's again, um, a, a, literally a perfect market for a professional soccer team. Yeah. Cool. Back to my idea. So how do you make sure that you and your leadership team and the coaching staff, get connected with with their environment was there anything yeah. that you did or did, how did you because if you're let's say you're coming in from a different state you're the u15 coach because you're a good coach mm-hmm. how do you make such a coach or such a guy or women whatever how do you make them connect with the environment so right now um i could explain because we're going through it even i sure. mean to be totally honest this isn't something that again you know, you're gonna do it in half an hour right. no, so no. and and if you think <clears throat> so we started playing last year in 2021 and we could not interact because of covid there sure. were strict uh, mls yeah, rules yeah. so it delayed the integration between our academy and the first team okay uh which was tough so they couldn't even come watch trainings they had to be in their own spaces they had to be outside and um this year our season starts in January preseason. So we're three quarters of the season. Now we play the calendar year. Um, For me, one of my, when I had a staff meeting the beginning of the year, when I talked to everybody, it was about the integration of Academy and the first team is a big goal of ours that I created in many different ways, football, the performance side, you know, high performance, data analysts, video analysts, sports science, how we work operations and also scouting and recruitment. So we're this year, big, big focus on bringing this together. We have, we start with, okay, the principles before of how we want to play, having the ball, everybody playing from the keeper through to the, to the top, you know, that they find solutions, how to play, but now really connecting it with what the first team is doing. Uh, our coaches are watching training, our under 17 coach and our director of methodology who are now here in, in Eindhoven yeah. um, twice a week. They would sit with the first team coach, watch them prepare training, listen, ask questions, go out and watch training. That is the best education. That's what I told our coaches in the academy. I told the first team coach, who's very, very open. I said, we need them to see you. If we want them, we can put it on a presentation. We can have a one hour seminar, but seeing it, feeling it, when to let something go, when to stop, when to give information, uh, the tempo, the standard of even how they put the drills together, how they prepare them, why they're doing them. Every single detail, Josh Wolf, the head coach, is working with our performance coach, 
how big, how small are the spaces, how long are the drills, when do they have off, when does this player need to maybe do a little bit more. So this day-to-day detail and standard is what now we want to bring down to the academy, and they could, they have to see it. So yeah. they take it back to their coaches, and, and that's how we build that in. They need to have these conversations all the time. You know, hey, we're playing against this team. How do we break them down out wide? What are some movement patterns that I can talk about? What are some ideas on buildup when they defend with two or one? Um, all these different things that, like, what Josh recommends, because there's nothing, like, you can put, you know – like as the answer just ideas and solutions and so he gives them always this he hears them um and also for our players to see the standard of of our first team guys so that's what's happening this year so we're really working through that um i'm here now with the under 17s i spend also as my role you know three days a week i arrive at um 7 30 8 a.m and i leave at 8, 9 p.m. at night because the whole training, you know, yeah. it's being around everything, seeing it and connecting all the people. So it's important that everything I just talked about, again, it comes back to the people wanting to believe this way of playing. If we have a coach who doesn't believe it and doesn't do it, then it's just not the place for him to be. You yeah. have to believe it. You have to want to do it. But you have to learn because what you said before, yes, we had coaches who – you know, we're putting this together. We brought a coach from Minnesota. We brought a coach from D.C. We brought a coach that moved from California. So they're all coming from different ideas. They heard the game. I heard it different growing up. So did them. And this is where I go back to the, the, the example of Holland. Everybody more or less sees it in a similar way. In Italy and Spain, they have a culture where within the country there is a style of a mentality and identity, you know, and, and a philosophy of how you do things. Where in the U.S. it's all coming together. So it is more difficult. Um you are telling coaches oftentimes almost what you were doing was totally wrong, but we believe in you. Are you open? And so when we bring a coach, are you open to changing your ways? Because you're going to see new ideas and, and they have to, so they have to be open to it and they have to understand that, you know, there's certain ways that we believe in the right way to develop a player, to develop a team. Um, but it's great conversations. We have a great staff that's open about it. Um, you know, and they want to learn. And, and that's why, that is the number one reason that I was so excited about this this relationship with PSV because our coaches get to see the level here of how they do things, um, get the European experience, and hopefully, you know, we also have, I think, in the future, PSV coaches that will come to, to, to see us. Yep. And I'm sure they'll learn from us as well because we have some things that we do, the American mentality. I already spoke to some of the coaches, how they say the American mentality is really interesting and love seeing it, how competitive they are. Um, so again, in Austin, putting it all together, it's so much fun, you know, it's, but as I said, it's still ongoing. It's always work. It's, it's nonstop, you know, but we're getting there. And if you ask our coaches and, you know, they see the first players as well, they understand the roles and what needs to be done, um, what they need to get better at if they're going to play in the system and the way we play. And so it's nice to see the kids starting to believe it as well and see it and have success with it. Yeah, they. Maybe don't they don't realize it, but they may probably will later that they are building the foundation of the club. They're building yeah. the history because if you now, for example, you are, we are here at PSV, everybody in the Netherlands has an idea about what that club means or what it is or what's the identity. If you talk about Ajax, they have a clear style. If you talk about, well, Manchester City where you played, they are yeah. also building their foundation yeah. because 20 years ago they were, and now their story kind of mm-hmm. yeah is really starting. Yeah, It's the same with you guys. And as a coach, 
normally when you go to a club, okay, this is the style I'll adapt. I know the story. I have to fit in. I know where I have to shut up maybe once yeah. in a while or yeah. where I push forward. And now you're, yeah, you're in a new place, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. But it's yeah. easier to, I think to have something because then a style allows <laughs> you to, then, you know, when you have to, you know, in the future, if there's another coach, you already know the profile because if he needs to fit to what you want to be and yeah. when you look for players, it needs to fit to what you want to be. And I almost find it easier. I, I can't imagine when you see these, these clubs that, you know, they bring in a coach that was totally different than the one before. And you got to almost re teach the players a yeah, whole yeah. new way, because it's not easy. So we want to stay along the way, the same direction, you know, way past, you know, I'm there or anyone else, you know, we are, as you said, we're building something for the next hundred years and we have to believe in, in our identity. And, um, and we also, we also, we do have a fight about us. We talk of a mentality winning it's American. And, and so, you know, there's an aggression that you can't take away from the American player, but now we're trying to really balance the, the, the thinking, the tactical, because I grew up with an Argentine dad who I'd sit around the table and watch soccer with. And he'd tell me, Oh, why didn't he do this? Or he did that. But a lot of our players, most of our players grow up with parents that don't have that background. Yeah, yeah. They played football, American football or baseball or basketball. They were the common kids, three months baseball, yes. three months football, three right. months basketball. And they uh, were the best at, so they like soccer the most. And then, oh, I'll do soccer. They were athletic, probably. But that's and, the American yeah, sure, kid, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of a lot of foreign coaches who come to the U.S. Actually, I tell all these foreign coaches to come over because they think they could turn an American into an English kid, or like, well, in England, everyone watches football here. Why don't they watch soccer here? They, that you know, everybody watches soccer in Holland or in Spain. I go, this is the American kid, man. Get used to it. You're not going to change them. Learn how to work with them. They love watching basketball. They love watching college sports. All the kids there watch. American football. So, you know, don't take that away because mm -hmm. the kids, that's what they grow up with. So these are the things that I think sometimes over the years that I've heard is frustrated foreign coaches where they think, you know, they'll be like a Brazilian boy. You know, if a Brazilian coach who's in Miami, I'm like, they're not going to be like that. So, and then hopefully I think they understand and take the feedback. Cause I was an American kid. I loved the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. the New York Knicks and all these teams. Like it's culture. It's culture. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the way yeah interesting. Yeah, I've I've been coaching in America a couple of times. Franz Hook, do you know him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he had these camps, and I was one of the coaches there. And yeah. I spent two or three, no, three times, a couple of weeks in the United States. And the way the the kids there were kids, and I had some college players I was coaching as well. Yeah, and here in the Netherlands, when you coach, you say, okay, blah blah. This is the this is the exercise. This is the aim, and then the kids go, why? why and they look at you and if you're not convincing they're not going to do it yeah and there it was if i even made a sound everybody stopped it's also very different types of kids yeah. and what i also remember i had uh i was coaching a women's or a girls group i think they were used 70 to u19 so some of them were already already in college or uh i think you're going to college when you're 19 or is it high yeah. school 18 19 yeah. right yeah and there was five players that joined the camp and then after I had a pretty decent session, I thought, okay, it was not like tiring that you're completely killed, but they were tired. And these girls stopped on the back line, let's say, and they sprinted to uh, to across the field and back and back until they couldn't ask, what are you doing? Yeah, this is called suicide runs. This is normal. <laughs> At the end of training. <laughs> At the end of yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. So it's also, if you, well, 
Yeah. I'm talking completely from an outside perspective, yeah. but even within the country, you have different styles. And well, if I would have said, no, you shouldn't do that. But if that's the way that they like to become fit or that's right. what the environment, yeah. they think, well, let, let them have it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. They, there's there's a workout culture in America. That's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we actually, we had the orientation with all the academy teams and we have in there, you know, outside, you know, they train four days a week. They have game on the weekend. It's pretty much 10 and a half months. If you're doing something else, you know, just let us know. But you don't need anything else, you know. But everybody, these kids are doing individual coach or strength conditioning coach because they feel they still need more. Yeah. So that's that's always a balance. I'm always trying to... Um, again, it's a mentality, but I'm, I'm, I do believe in like multi-sport in the summer, go play tennis, go ride a bike, you know, get away as well. That that's my belief and always yeah. will be, but you have, you have some parents and you have some kids that all they do and they're so focused. And again, you're not going to tell them to not do it because they're so, that's just in their nature. So I, I can see that. I see that a lot of kids. They, yeah, love, yeah. they love like extra work and working out and running. Yeah. So. And if you say, okay, we do, uh, I don't know, whenever you do five sprints and they'll, after five, they're already looking at you. When is the next five coming? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that's, but the, maybe the interesting side is that the kids after five sprints, they look at the coach, but in the end on the pitch, you want players to take responsibility and yeah. that's always, yeah. So you have the advantage that they are always there. There's no ego. They're right. task oriented. They yeah. want to perform. Um, on the other side, you want them to have a little bit of an ego. Of course yeah. it's, they mm. will be have it in the yeah. end, but you want to put that in maybe, well, maybe yeah. as young as possible or right. they should have it kind, yeah. kind of way. That's, I think that's also, a, it can be, can be an interesting way to coach them. Coaches, sorry for the interruption. But besides the coaches' room, I run another company called Football Tours. This is a full-service touring company, and we organize pre-season and winter training camps for professional football teams. We do this for both senior and youth teams, and we take care of everything. Hotel, training accommodation, friendly matches, whatever you need. Also, we give youth teams the opportunity to train at the best youth academies of the Netherlands. Academies like PSV, Feyenoord, AZ Alkmaar and the KNVB, you can train there with your team. So, if you are a professional coach, you need to organize your training camp. Or, if you have a youth team and you want to train at the best facilities and the best academies of the Netherlands, go to footballtours.com and now pay attention tours is with a z so footballtours with a z.com how do you as a club or in your philosophy make sure that the players take that responsibility or you maybe from leadership yeah, we, we, we do in many different ways. Um, whether it's a post-training debrief with the coaches, hearing what do they think, you know, asking questions, um, what do they see? Oftentimes it's, um, you know, the coach, we call it joysticking, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, everywhere. And in the U.S. happens too much. Move here, slide, step, shoot, pass. And, you know, I always tell coaches, you know, you're, you're telling them every, everything to do. You know, it doesn't work like that. 
when you're in the game, you have to make the decision. So teaching them. And so in training, backing off, doing the exercise, let them do it, let them figure it out. And, you know, I think, I think in America to you, you said it before, like they ask questions and that's sort of the culture too. Um, you know, why are we doing this? Or, Hey, I don't understand. Like, and they ask questions, you know, um, they always look to the coach for the solutions though, which is not great. You know, at some point they do have to figure it out. And so you have to encourage kids and kind of throw them out there, make them fail. And that's, I think what the problem is, is sometimes don't understand that in soccer, it's just a constant game of mistakes, right? Yeah. So you have to go through them. Okay. Why did I make this mistake? That mistake, my positioning, you know, uh, it, there's so many pictures going on through the game. And I think, uh, I had the privilege once to sit with uh, Phil Jackson, the legendary basketball coach, yep. and have a dinner with him. And he was doing like a youth coaching seminar, and I was at a table with him. So I was just like, oh, my God, I love basketball. Michael Jordan. One Phil of the best Jackson. coaches ever. Ever. In know. any sports. The Zen yeah. master, they call yeah. him. Yoga. Yoga. On the pitch. Yeah. What, on all the that court? stuff on the court. <laughs> and it was strange, but then all the players believed it. It was amazing. And he said something to me that really stuck to me, and it's so true. And he said... The one problem is, uh, because he was a fan of soccer, because he was like, yeah, basketball, soccer, you play offense, you play defense, you know, in American football, different people come in and out and you can talk to them all the time. There's timeouts. Basketball is more timeouts than soccer yeah. and stoppages. But he said, you have to do it all. But he goes, the problem in basketball and soccer is the same from what I've heard is that kids are overcoached and undertaught. And it's a big difference. So that stuck with me was like telling the, coaches to teach the game really become a teacher and too often they are coaching which means the coaching to me is defined more as like you know during the game you know becoming that coach on the sideline and they 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 too often take the role of what they see on tv of seeing the guy in the sideline waving his hands and moving stuff when you see at a high level game and again i'm 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 speaking from mostly the u.s experience what i see and he just said we don't have enough coaches in basketball he was talking about and he said i'm sure and i said yeah you're 100 right teaching the game the details of not hey pass it there but why are you passing it there and the person receiving it is he in the right space and what's the next person doing so we are catching up but um this to me is really important is coaches teaching players how to play the game and that's that's what I love doing. When I watch a game, you know, I, I really want a kid that if he has 10 seconds with me, I'm going to tell him something that sticks with him. Because as we all know, there's so much more that's just like white noise. Yeah. Well, the, the actual choice of words, because I was I was with a game last Monday with the group from uh, from Dubai and they were I hear all the coaching there's no judgment because we've all been on the sideline and your emotions, emotions get yeah. the best out oh, of you yeah. sometimes. And they, oh, yeah. and you want the kid to, to win the 1v1. Mm -hmm. But that it's so hard to leave him alone. Maybe either he wins it or he loses it. And then maybe afterwards or in a quiet moment, okay, what happened? Yeah, but We all want to push it so the result goes that way or the go result goes in favor of right. whatever. Yeah, And then I saw that I was in 8v8 game. <clears throat> And they were all learning patterns to run. And they were U11s. I was like, okay, these kids are overwhelmed with information. Yeah. What does it matter that they're not in shape or their shape is not correct? Right. 
It's 11 They just age. should love the game. They yeah. should beat five players. And the right. sixth, maybe they can't. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But it's so hard because you want to perform. There are yeah. parents watching. They want. Yeah. They want to win. <laughs> they want also. Yeah. Well, we just got beat by uh, by this team from seven to one. Why? Yeah. Well, because the kids are taking care of it themselves. That's a very hard answer to give. Yeah. 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 Especially in, in, in well, in the U.S., we also have the <laughs> the pay to play model. So the parents pay outside of MLS teams. So MLS now is cost free for academies, but everything else. You have a daughter who plays, and you pay quite a bit of money. We have this, you know model there that the coaches and to run to run a youth club an amateur youth club it's a lot more money than than here i think a lot more here is subsidized and you can play in these a, lot amateur of, clubs. a lot of volunteers involved volunteers. in all the clubs so that doesn't really cost yeah, any so money it doesn't yeah. exist there. It's, it's it's big business sadly you know in that way and so just you some have context that. what what is it what, what are we talking about mm, three to five thousand a year for a kid to play and then you're a travel team or not and even then, and that doesn't even include if you travel okay so you imagine You know, imagine you have a couple of kids who play and they scholarship some kids, but you are paying a lot of money. So in the parent, you know, it automatically, in a way, you understand it gives you a right to say, wait, why doesn't my son play more? I pay and he didn't play or, you know, I question the coach and the way he he coaches them. And so it opens up to a little bit more of a, 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 you know, critique and feedback and comments where, you know, Austin FC, it's pay to play. You sit back and the coaches, there's a pro club doing the job. It's much easier. So there are these challenges in these youth amateur clubs. And so that's, that's what you get, you know, and, and, and I want to win because the, the 30 minutes away, there's a club that I can go to and spend my money and they might have a better coach or they beat us three, nothing. And even if you're doing the right thing at this club, the parents just see, well, they won, they beat us. So I'm going to go to that team and it's not always the right place. And, so it's 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 very messy. Um, it's not great to be honest. It's it's it. There's just um, a hysteria around new sports, and parents are the unfortunate. They are the worst part of it. I, it starts for me there, and then it's like the coaches next, and then the players are the last of of the sort of. If you, you put know. it in context, if if I can imagine that I have two kids, you have four kids for, for example, that's going to cost you $20,000 or euros, yeah. whatever year. Yeah. Then you, you really want quality. That's from there. They have to work their asses off to, uh, to spend. So you yeah. can hardly blame them for their, for no. their, for the behavior, but still in yeah. the ideal football way, you want them to back off, relax. Yeah. There's so many, so many yeah, things Yeah. You want to relax and understand it. So, you know, it's it's a journey and it never ends. It's always I've you know my son plays in Borussia Dortmund and it's 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 you know it's the same things at a higher pressure and a higher level. But you you know you don't have the best days. You have great days. You win. You lose. You play bad in the team. Like I try to explain it. This happens. You know, look at any table. You're gonna lose games and you know I I think a big big problem in the U.S. when I go back to the mentality and culture is so we have a lot of kids who play soccer that come from other sports. The other American sports that you would say are NFL, football, basketball, baseball. Then you have sports like tennis, yeah. you know, even lacrosse. Is a bit, but going back to those other sports, there is always a sort of alpha in those sports, right? The quarterback is the star in high school football and the running back, the guy who gets yeah. the ball, the wide receiver who scores a touchdown. In basketball, there's always one guy who's like the main scorer. Dominant player. Dominant player. Baseball, it's the pitcher or the guy who hits really good, right? There's these, and in soccer, trying to explain that to an American culture where 
our fandom for the celeb superstar starts at a young age. Like, oh, my son is the best pitcher on the team. It's it's very individual in these team sports with certain positions. And soccer, as we know, is not like that. Not the importance of everybody collectively trying to explain a kid. And I have these conversations in our academy that, oh, by the way, your son right now is a right winger. He might be a right fullback, you know. That happens in this sport. So they're all coming from teams where they're the star, sure. or the number nine, the midfielder, or the center uh, defender. And now they come to Austin and we have to move them around. So you have to explain this is how it happens. And you look at Gio Van Bronckhorst. He played left winger, ends up left back, and has a full yeah. career at a high level. Uh, your, Alba, your own career. Myself, I moved yeah, around yeah. everywhere. So even things like this where understanding that your importance in a team having sex to soccer the, the every position you need it to succeed, it, it doesn't really click with the typical American mentality of, well, how does my son stand out if he just plays right midfield? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what you hear from parents. I heard it from a young age, and I, I just didn't, it didn't click with me. I'm like, what do you mean? That's just every position is important, but they come, and I figured it out really, is that like, because a lot of these kids, their parents would take them out of soccer, really talented players because they can go be a star pitcher and it was better for them almost. Sure. It was, it, if it satisfied the parent more than the players loved it, the players didn't care if they played, Hey, you're going to play left back, even though you were a left winger. Okay. No problem. They're playing. I said, yeah, you get the ball there. I would tell the kids when I was coaching younger kids, I'm like, you actually get the ball there more than maybe left winger because you get to attack more. And I want you to attack and you try to make it fun. And the kids are like, then it's the parents saying, well, why is he there now? Why is he playing defense? Because he's really physical. Why is he, Why is my son playing central defender? He played center forward in the previous. <laughs> I said, you know what? He's an animal. The way he tackles, he wins the ball. This is where he can be. Oh, yeah. but I, And I was like, oh, my. So that's a little bit, again, a little bit of a snapshot of uh, the youth soccer world. And well, how it's not think. only in America. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, everywhere. It is. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And it's every sport. All the yeah. other sports are crazy too. No, I, <laughs> and as a, well, we're, we're both parents, but mine are a little bit younger, but so yeah. you still want to be, yeah. ah, okay. Of I'm, course. I'm, I, and especially maybe you have to be an example in any way. So yeah. if your son who plays now at an elite level and your daughter, why is your daughter also? My daughter play? plays, also, yeah, under, under 14. Yep. So, so yeah, and okay, I will leave it up to the coaches. I have to be the example. Yes, I can't yes. imagine that. No, it's I mean, as you said. You said it before, right? When the whistle blows, there's like the emotion. <laughs> I'm even like, come on, I'm like, hey, ref, you know, like this is a bad call. Like we, it's the game, but I, then always trying to make sure you can have perspective, you know, on, yeah. on it. You have to. So, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> wow. And uh, you've you've been here in the Netherlands now for three, four days with yep. with a part of your coaching staff in the U17s. Yes. How's uh? How's the experience so far? It's been great. We've been welcomed. Uh, the hospitality has been fantastic. Being did able you, to see did, you, did you ever play it against PSV? Did I you? did, yeah. Rangers. Oh, we sure. Played of course. Them, yeah, yeah. In the Champions League back uh, in 2000. With the, we won 1-0 here. I think we had like two shots on goal and we won. And then we won <laughs> 4-1 in Ibrox in the group stages. And uh, they had a great team. You know, I remember, um, you know, Ruud van Nistelrooy, yeah, yeah. Luke Nilis. It was excellent that group yeah. and here we should have lost we got we got lucky we, we we did and then and rangers at ibrox we we won and played really well but amazing but i followed it uh i played them actually also in a friendly when i was at leverkusen um and my one really awesome psv story is when i first came to leverkusen in 94 um i was i didn't 
that first year I didn't play Leverkusen. I played like reserve team football. Sure. I was I had to learn how to defend. As sure. I said before. <laughs> so they, I was playing reserves and it was great. We played Ajax and Andalek yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. back in the day. And that was my first experience playing against like really good Dutch football. But um, I saw Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, Ronaldo. The original Ronaldo. In the 5-4 yeah, yeah. game at Leverkusen uh, for PSV fans, they probably i'm sure remember it he scored four goals and that was like his like breakout party to europe and then leverkusen tied zero zero here in eindhoven so i got to see that team play and i played with uh eric meyer and jan heinze who were players ah, yeah, at psv yeah. who came to leverkusen so um yeah so i always knew about the history of romario and what a big club that they, they were um i was a football junkie and i saw so I, I, I i knew about their history and especially when i moved to europe so being when we, we had this conversation uh, with the club about a partnership, I was really excited. We we started in 2019 and 2020, our Austin FC club, yeah. and so many clubs reached out to us. And the owner said, you know, explore it if you want some, you know, nothing where it's like a city football group ownership. He didn't really have any interest in owning another team. But I said, would you be OK? Because many clubs are reaching out if we did like a partnership and he said, yeah, of course that would be fantastic. And so a lot of clubs reached out, you know, and then there was something when I met and I knew about Eindhoven Holland, uh, this is similar to Austin in terms of the people, sure. humble, sure. you know, hardworking family atmosphere, progressive as well, progressive as yeah, well. Yeah. There's the tech yeah, sort of hub sure. here. So, and there was a lot of synergies and I, always 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 heard really good things about the club when i ask people there's been americans playing here demarcus beasley yeah, yeah. who have everyone always loved psv love psv so it always stuck with me is really positive and so when i met uh ernest uh and used we talked and right away i spoke to our president did you bring apple flopper apple flopper in every meeting used brings food oh, oh yeah <laughs> we, we fed him well i think over there, <laughs> there. Austin, oh he, he was there Austin. okay he yeah. There. Yeah, yeah he came visit us and uh so it was exciting, and I, the way I saw it was really technical relationship, our coaches to learn, our players to experience it here, teams, individual players. They also see the growth of soccer in America. They wanted to partner with one Interesting club. model, for sure. Very interesting. So now, uh, yeah, three, four months ago, a route, KLM, Austin, Amsterdam, direct, so that made it even better. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and here we are. It's great. It's been amazing. We get to also be in a week with such a big game, with Rangers game. Sure. Which is and interesting for your background as well. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going tonight, so it's um, yeah, it's going to be incredible. It's so Probably when we air this, uh, it will be a couple of weeks after yeah, the game, yeah, so okay. we'll know we'll know yes. which way it went. Yeah. But okay, yeah. cool. And uh, you have the U17s playing. Uh, well, actually, soon in 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, so our under 17 team is a mix of 16s and 17s because okay. um, our competition, the US, you play 12s, 13s, 14s, 15s, and then 17s. Okay, two blocks. Two oh, years blocks. Of, yeah, yeah. Blocks and, then it, years. and then it goes to um, our second team right away because the kids go to college or they stay with us. So okay. that's where most teams are moving to that model. So we have half under uh, 16s and half under 17s. So yesterday, um, most of our under 16 started the game, but then um, the the other kids, because we only have 18 kids, we have a few injuries. Yeah, yeah. We played them was really good, and you know we did well. But again, it's all experience. And today we played the under 17s, which is going to be much more difficult because we have younger guys. But physical, more matchup. 
physical and i think you know yesterday we did well so i think they're gonna probably be more alert i think we we snuck up we yeah, snuck yeah, up yeah, on yeah, them yeah. yesterday and uh our guys are just so it's incredible to see everything i hope this was gonna be is 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 you know they starting from you know coming here the facilities um seeing the professionalism how a club is run all the different ages interaction the training sessions that they're having here then playing against a team it's it's inspirational and that's what any boy needs more than anything they need the inspiration they need the fire of course themselves but they need to see a pathway which they have now with Austin FC but these kind of experiences I could have only dreamed if I did something like this how pumped it, it I am it kind of relates to where we started when you were 14 no 15 16 yeah. when you came to the US boys team I don't know yeah, how you call it but that's right uh, national team yeah yep. and that's where you started traveling and experiencing football yeah it was like a, so eye-opening, like just everything about it, what it means. We went to the young PSV uh, Heracles game yeah. uh, on, on Monday, and they see the supporters, and that team was relegated, and these young boys playing against men and what it means. They they loved it, and, and I know, we know the impact this, even though it's a week, it's making on our boys eight days is incredible. So the games are a part of it, but sure. it's not everything. So it's, it's, it's great. And it's also I, as a group. You are away. You're in your hotel. Yeah, uh, you're in the bus constantly together. They really yeah. get to know each other. Yeah. Something happens either for yeah. good or bad, That's but right. it connects you all together. You're going to look back at that experience. You know, you remember when blah yeah. blah blah. They yeah, will great. never forget this trip. That's exactly it. That's the memories will never forget. And that, that's important for any team. So yeah. you you are doing this with PSV, but any team can, if you're on any level, can create. You can go. Whatever, if you don't have no budget, you hire five tents and you go to a forest and you sleep there one night and you make a campfire, yeah. blah, 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 and you have an experience. It's yeah, we, we we talk about all the time with the first team at Austin FC, what can we do, the boys need to get together, you know, whether it's a dinner, we understand just getting away from it, being that team bonding, yeah, preseason trip. When we travel, sometimes when we travel, it's even better because we bring everybody, they're actually, you know, spending time together and so important in football to create the culture and uh you know again even even going when you see a team that's together on the field man those teams are tough to play against yeah. forget throw out of course there's level of play systems and all the other factors to it but when you have a team really together fighting it's 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 great to see it so compensates it be, a lot of quality it come and it sounds oh what do you mean every but how many games and teams do you know that just doesn't uh, yeah. seem like they're yeah all pulling in the same direction and fighting for each other. And so that's what we talk about as well. We need to have that, you know, because no one is stronger than everybody together and you need everybody to, to win games. And so, yeah, you have those team bonding activities and they get to know each other. And so when you're on the field, the guy to your right, to your left, you know, you can count on them. You want to fight that little bit more. And, you know, again, you see that. And that's why, you know, a smaller team beats a bigger team, right? And that's why this is this sport is unbelievable. But uh, the the togetherness and the fight, and that's what a preseason like this will do for the boys. And we're starting our season like here as well. We haven't played a competition yet yeah, for yeah, these sure. games, but they're uh, it's amazing experience. I'm glad we were able to do this and and get them here. Okay, perfect. Well, let's finally let's close off with that. I think uh, it was great to great to talk to you. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's been great, and uh, I like how you uh, shared the lip. Well, in five sentences, you could just exp well describe uh, Austin FC and actually yeah. the collaboration part and the sticking together is something that you have to, that you're creating with this with this tour actually, which you need because yeah. it's part of your identity as well. That's right. Yeah, great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we already had your nomination, so Arthur, we're going to call you. Arthur Newman, yes. <laughs> PSV legend. PSV legend. Guy. And a he, lot of good stories. About yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe there's some whiskey stories in there as well, which he's yeah, still yeah, in, yeah. In working in. Dancing stories. <laughs> uh, but thank you very much, Claudio, and uh, let's enjoy the game. Me. Yep. Thank, thank you so much. If you like this episode, share it with your colleagues, share it with friends, share it on social media, like, subscribe, do whatever you do best and help us grow. Because the bigger we are as a podcast, the bigger and the more inspirational names we can invite to inspire you. And do not forget to pick up your 14-day free trial at thecoachesroom.com. With your free trial, you have access to all our masterclasses both the live ones and the on-demand ones. Coaches from top European academies share their knowledge and you can watch it. So go to thecoachesroom.com and pick up your 14-day free trial.